Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 268. This is a themed episode. Yeah. So I wanted to take it back a little bit. Let's take it all the way back. Okay. So reminisce. I would say probably episode eight was about sharing. Mm-hmm. And then we did another one because a lot of people are like, please talk about this more. And I think we did episode 14. And maybe we there's another one that we did in there. And it's been a while. And the reason I, I, I thought we should talk about sharing is twofold. One is, you know, we're we're doing a lot of YouTube shorts and we're getting a lot of new people watching us on YouTube. So appreciate all of you that have hit that subscribe. If you haven't yet, make sure to go subscribe. And especially this episode, hit that like button and that bell notification. And people are saying, hey, don't share this. Or, you know, uh, this is going to ruin things, you know. And, and, you know, we always get these comments, right? Like, why do you guys share this? You're hurting your own business and so on. And then we get it on social media too, right? And so I thought it was time to talk about this for that reason. The second reason, it's Q4. And sharing in Q4 can be a great thing, but it could be a really bad thing. And so I thought it was time to revisit this again, if you're okay with that. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of stuck now, right? Yeah. And this is, we, yeah, we've already introduced the topic. If we changed it now, our <laughs> listeners would be very upset with us. We so. would be masters at podcasting yeah. if we could And you can, you can share with us what you think about our podcast or this topic or anything reselling related by uh, commenting down below in the uh, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. We'd really love that. Uh, that's the kind of sharing that really, really helps. Yeah, and let's talk about sharing one more time. Uh, buymeupcoffee.com slash pure hustle gives us an opportunity to share when we have our uh, virtual meetups. Uh, and we have other things in the works here soon. And so we'd love for you guys to uh, sign up for that membership. It's only five bucks a month. Uh, or if you just want to say, hey, thanks for the great episode. Here's a couple of coffees. All you have to do is go buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle in the link below. And uh, you can sign up and help us out by sharing. Yeah. All right. So I broke this episode down into like three parts. One is when sharing is beneficial because there is a benefit. I mean, there would be <laughs> be kind of pointless for us to be doing the podcast if there's no benefit to us or to anybody else. Right. Right. Second is sometimes it's tricky. There's kind of a gray area of sharing when it comes to reselling. And then there's the last part where, yeah, things are going to get destroyed. Like you probably shouldn't share this. All right. So let's talk about why it's beneficial. Uh, you know, I think it's beneficial when you document. Right. So a lot of you that are new to reselling, uh, I honestly believe like one of the best things you could do is get into social media. I know it's time consuming. doesn't mean take up a bunch of time, maybe create a few YouTubes because you'll get a lot of feedback. Right. And it's going to help you out a lot. You're also going to become part of a community. And so people are going to be willing to share. And Mike and I have talked about before where our main focus of the podcast was to document what we did. Right. Mike was a new reseller. I was an experienced reseller. And as we documented this, right, we were just going to record about it. And what ended up happening was we started helping out a lot of people. And then at the same time as we were documenting, a lot of people were giving us feedback. That feedback can range anywhere from how to ship better, how to list better, to here's some bolos, right? And so definitely beneficial. What are your thoughts about documenting? Yeah, I mean, again, so documenting with the caveat that you got to listen to this whole episode because there's certain things you shouldn't document, right? Like I remember when you first started doing social, there was a lot of things you'd blur out and some people were kind of confused. And I think some Uh, of the, yeah, some of the blurs are maybe a little intense, but like the idea was, Hey, we want to document, but we also don't want to give away the bolo. So you got to listen to the whole episode to really understand what you should and shouldn't be documenting. Uh, But it's beneficial for a lot of reasons because sometimes it's for your own self-reflection, right? You can look back and say, I can't tell you how many times I've been to the same, you know, 
community yard sale, the annual or, you know, biannual community yard sale. And it's like, oh, wait, I hate this community's yard sale. It's terrible. I never do well here. You know, that, that, that it's never good stuff. Or, ooh, this one is like one of my favorites to go to. And so if you're documenting those things, you kind of have a record for yourself, right? You can look through things you've you've recorded, pictures you post, posted and say, oh, yeah, like this is really good. Even things like for tax purposes, right? When you're first starting out, you know, like, what do I, you know, do? Well, one nice thing is, you know, if you're, if you're kind of documenting stuff, especially big sales and big, you, you've got proof, right? Like uh, I bought this for this price and you can go back and, you know, find that look that information when you're doing taxes. There's definitely a lot of benefits to documenting and even posting certain things. Uh, you got to be careful with that. But then, yeah, uh, kind of the idea of like learning from the community because of documenting is really beneficial because yeah, you can watch things all day long. But unless somebody's addressing your concerns and your areas of weakness, it's like trying to become a better football player by watching people play football, right? Like if all you're doing is just on social media learning, like you're going to learn some stuff. But the best thing to do is to do a drill, record it, and then have somebody watch it or do it in front of a coach and have the coach say, oh, you know what? Your foot placement should be here. You should do this. And it's the same thing with reselling. If you're showing how you're shipping things out and someone might say like, hey, don't use this bubble wrap. Use this one instead. Or hey, try doing this with your box instead. You can actually save some money if you ship it in this type of container instead of this. People are going to reach out to you because they've made the mistakes that you're potentially making. And so don't be afraid, right? Like Part of the problem is people want to be perfect. Don't be afraid to just show what you're doing and ask for feedback. And people might say, Hey, try this instead or do this. Or have you heard of pirate ship, right? Like those types of things are going to be eye opening and you're not going to know unless you're, you know, documenting, sharing what you're doing. Nobody's going to be able to provide you any kind of feedback if you don't share with them what you're doing. So Mike and I were joking around the other day. Mike brought this up how for a long time I had my inkjet printer, mm-hmm. right? And Mike all the time was telling me, Hey, I have this thermal Rolo printer. You should get a Rolo. I, I didn't listen to Mike. I just was like, Hey, and then he, he made the big upgrade to laser and I'm like, get a thermal printer. But I got the laser because College Picker found one at a thrift and just said, hey, man, appreciate what you do. I'm going to ship this out to you. Right. And so Eric sent it to He's me. He's literally going on plane, tra- plane trips places and packing a, a full size printer with him. <laughs> and then eventually, eventually, you know, there was a good deal again, College Picker again. And I paid, I don't know, 60 bucks for a off brand uh, label thermal printer and it was worth it to me but had i not shared had i shared the fact that this is the printer even though i got so much backlash for that printer all the time there'd be jokes uh i would not have come to the place where like hey you know what i do need to change what i'm doing it's beneficial to me right and so there's another thing i want to address too though is that you know we get this a lot that you know sharing you know bolos and so on it's going to it's going to destroy everything. Right. And so and it can and it does and it can and it does. But let me let me share. We're going to get to that when it's tricky. But let me share about when it benefits everybody. So right now in reselling, there's a massive pie for reselling. Right. A huge. And I'm talking about thrifting garage sales. I honestly could source 24 hours a day if I had that amount of money and I could never I could honestly just source and source and source and source. I would never run short. I could source on eBay. I could source on Macari. I could go on Craigslist, Offerup, Facebook Marketplace, garage sales, thrift stores, the outlets, you name it. And I could source 24 hours a day. So to me, sharing, you know, things that I find thrifting or things that I find at garage sales and saying that, Hey, you're going to destroy this for everyone else. I don't think there's anything new under the sun, right? There was a one time, what was that? When, uh, 
the cricket stuff. Remember? Yeah, like uh, we we were both picking up. I knew crickets were. I always called them cry cuts, but uh, were worth a lot of money because I worked at Joanne's Fabrics when I was in high school. And explain what crickets are. Right yeah, now? so it's it's basically like a scrapbooking, and the newer ones are even better. You can like cut all kinds of stuff with them, but it's basically a hobby printer, right? It it cuts die cuts like out a you know foam or vinyl or you know things you can make shirts, stickers, that kind of stuff. And you buy cartridges, the new ones, you can like upload images. You don't even have to have cartridges for them. And yeah, they, people who have them, you know, they're looking for cartridges, they're looking for units. And so if you can pick one up for 10 to $25 at a, at a garage sale or a thrift store, you could easily sell it for 150, 200 bucks, maybe more depending on, and if you have cartridges, man, the cartridges were selling 20, $30 a piece. And if you're picking them up for a couple bucks. And so it was one of those things where it was like, this is like our hidden bolo. Like, don't mm-hmm. tell anybody about cricket because if people know then there won't be at thrift stores and garage sales anymore. Yeah. But then we realized like, oh, a lot of people know about it. Yeah. There's like all these YouTube, on YouTube videos yeah. on it, all these resellers. And, you know, and, that, and that's my thing. There is nothing new. Like you may believe that you have this one brand that no one knows about, but someone out there knows it. Let us know in the comments. Are we off? Are we wrong? I'd like to know. Yeah. And I talked to my friend um, just this weekend. I was at a, a funeral for somebody and he's the one I mentioned I might have on the podcast at some point because he's got a really cool story and how reselling is kind of, you know, new in his life, but he's been doing it forever in the hobby that he's in. And he basically made the comment that he goes to me, I just make money off other people's laziness, right? Because like, he mm. knows too, like, because he's buying from other hobbyists and there's times where he's buying whole collections or pieces of their collection. And he knows that a lot of them know the value because sometimes too, people think like, oh, you know, you're ripping people off at garage sales and you know, that kind of stuff. But a lot of times people know or offer up. He makes the comment, if anybody's listing something, I mean, obviously people list stuff really high and offer up. But if somebody's not posting it on eBay, if they're trying to sell it locally, it's probably because they're lazy and he can get it at a good deal, right? Because he knows he's going to put in the work to list it, take pictures, ship it, all of that stuff. And so even if you were to tell, I mean, he was naming all kinds of stuff. I'm not in that hobby. I would have to spend, you know, hours and hours of research, probably decades to get to the point where he is in the hobby. And so, yeah, he's making money because other people are lazy. And honestly, I'm too lazy to get into that niche, right? So um, even if you can share stuff with people and it's not like if I tell somebody, hey, these shoes sell for good money, that they're going to be going to thrift stores every single day and buying those shoes all the time, right? So certain things now, of course, if it's, you know, a bolo at a Target during Q4, that's different. But if it's, if it's, hey, you know, pick up Doc Martens, hey, Doc Martens sell really well. Well, a lot of people know that some people are too lazy to pick them up and sell them. And some people have them and are too lazy to list them on eBay. So they put them out on a garage sale and say, sure, 10 bucks, you know, or five bucks. So you can, you can do fine with sharing because not everybody is going to jump onto it. Even if you know, I know a lot of things that I'm probably never going to pick up. So, yeah. And so with the one-off it's, it, it varies, right? Doc Martens all day long. I mean, I've been sharing about Doc Martens since the beginning of the podcast and their value has not dropped. Now, here's here's another argument that I hear sometimes is that, you know, uh, the store that shall not be named to the stores like they watch YouTube, they listen to your podcast, they follow you on social media, don't tag them, you know, and that's why prices are down is because you're sharing. But the reality about that is the those stores have been doing that since I have articles from 2005. Right. They have eBay in the back. They have people that they hire. They have resellers that they hire to be part of their e-commerce team. So, you know, don't go out there and be scared and go, oh no, if I share this, you know, you know, this happens all the time. I think uh, Craigslist Center has like, they actually watch his videos, uh, you know, in, in parts of Illinois and so on. 
But th- that would have been an issue anyways. And what I mean by that is that whether P, the Craigslist Center, existed or not, they already have things set in place. There are some stores, they have walls full of bolos. These are items to look out for. If you see these as you're sorting them through, take them out. They're going to go to the Shop Goodwill online auction site. Yeah, and, and to be clear, this isn't, we're not trying to use the, the argument or the logical fallacy of, well, everybody else is doing it. So, no, agreed, agreed. You know, might as well do it anyways. Like if it was actually that bad and you can contribute. But I think what Orlando here is saying is, one, they already know, right? They some stores know, and the, and if they For don't a long know, time. and if they don't know about a certain bolo, those are the things you're picking up. And if if they already know, and the thing is, the the turnover rate. I can imagine what the turnover rate is at a place like Goodwill or Salvation Army. And so they might have somebody back there who's learned price this these pants at this price, price this at this price, and then eventually they leave, and somebody else comes, and it's going to take them years and years and years. I mean, just think about it. like I've been reselling now. It's like going on year like three or four or something like that. I don't know, and. I think of all of the knowledge I've gained during this time, right? If if I if you were to start me over brand new and say, all right, you need to price all these things, it, it would take me a long time to get there. So chances are they're not going to be able to keep up with all of the bolos. They're not going to be able to keep up with, hey, this board game is really hot right now, or this item is really hot right now. So they're still going to be missing things. And then two, the laziness aspect of it, right? The the fact that, you know, what person, hey, we hired you for this job. We need you to on your own, go into the break room and on your lunch break, you need to be watching the, the Craigslist Hunter, right? So you learn what the bolos are. They're like, I'm not going to do that, right? Like they're, tra- they're, they're, they're putting stickers on pants. Like that's what they're doing. They don't really care to learn that much unless they want to become resellers themselves. So I would, I would count on the laziness of people. And then I would count too on, you know, that, that the stuff that they know, they already know, right? They, they're going to learn some of them. And there's no way, like think about all the stuff, you know, to sell. Could they have pictures of all of those things on no. the wall? There's no way they just know like, Oh, if it's this brand of gene. And so they know like a few, a, a little bit about a few things, but they definitely don't know a lot about everything. Yeah. And the stores that I had great partnerships with, they would take me in the back and they'd say, Hey, we looked this up. This is how much is going for on eBay. We'll sell it to you for 25% of the price. Right. Cause th- this is what they do. And so again, there's far more benefit to you sharing than not sharing. Right. The stuff is already out there. Again, you're also believing that every single person that watches a YouTube video or listens to podcasts is going to go out there that moment and start going to thrift stores and looking for every single item that you discussed. Right. That is the rarity. I mean, reseller burnout. I wish we had data. Like, I think it's like 80 percent of people that get into reselling quit. I do. I do. Especially uh, people that jump into the full time part time. You can kind of come back and, and, you know, take a break, come back, take a break when it's full time. Right. You have to be all in once you go full time. Right. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do once you're full time. Yeah. And to be honest, we talked about reasons why it's potentially beneficial, but these benefits may or may not actually be worth the effort that it takes to share. So this is definitely not an episode saying you should share. Yeah. yeah. But we're just kind of defending like, hey, there are benefits to sharing. Uh, you can potentially be more connected to the community you're in, but you can definitely learn a lot just by watching, you know, YouTube, listening to podcasts, watching things on Instagram. You're going to learn. You don't necessarily need to share. So if you're just like, you know, I just want to resell. We're th- This is not Mike and Orlando saying you should be sharing. We have had podcasts where we say you should be part of some kind of community, but definitely right. not saying you need to share. But if you see people sharing, you don't have to think, oh, no, they're going to ruin everything. Correct. Correct. Now, there is one thing you should share, and it's your knowledge of AmericanBubbleBoy.com. So AmericanBubbleBoy.com, great company. We share them all the time because, well, we do have an affiliate link if you use our, our code, uh, Pure Russell Podcast. But they have a great deal, $5 off. This is your first purchase. 
I always like ordering the four foot uh, tall uh, roll, which is 750 square feet. And especially during Q4, it's been really helpful and beneficial. So if you haven't yet and you need bubble wrap for this Q4 or any time that you're listening to this podcast, you may be listening to this in 2027. AmericanBubbleBoy.com should still be there and use our promo code Pure Russell Podcast. Yeah. Or the link in the description. Yep. Correct. Correct. Cool. All right. Now, here's when it gets tricky. And so... You know, this is, I think Mike and I will go back and forth on some of this, but I do think, you know, for myself, and this kind of ties into geography. So I, I should have put this more on here, but what I've noticed is when I shared bolos in the early days, it didn't affect me as much. And this goes into our latest point later on, but now, you know, not that we're anything. Okay. But we have, you know, like 25,000 on Instagram and, you know, we're getting, you know, we're at 6,000 something on YouTube. I think it's all of you that jumped over on the podcast. We have, you know, I don't know, close to 10 K something like that. Well, there's, there's a lot of people. Okay. And a lot of the people are local and you, you have to be really careful. Like if you have a niche kind of item, right. That you have found in your local area. Right. And it seems to you. That whenever you go to the thrift store, you go to garage sales, no one is picking it up. You're the only one is picking it up. Then I would say I wouldn't share. Like, I personally don't. There are some things right now, like Mike and I have talked about, you know, a hustle of the week or a bolo. And I'm like, all right, Mike, I think I'm going to talk about this. And then right before we record, I'm like, yeah, we're not doing this. Why? Because all it takes is, you know, handful of people to go on offer up, hit their search saved, Facebook marketplace search you know, on eBay search and that bolo, I've just created myself a ton of competition, right? So geographically, you got to consider like if you're going to share something, it's something that should be in abundance that you're not going to sell yourself short. But there, right now, for example, I have three items I look for and these three items I look for will sell within 24 hours. And if I can pick them up for under 20, I'm going to make pretty close to hundred every single time. Right. If I were right now to share that bolo in San Diego, all of you, which I love, I love all of you that are in San Diego, you know, you'd go to offer up and you'd put that search, you know, you go to Facebook marketplace and put that search and I would be battling with everyone else for that one item. Yeah, there's definitely some things like that. I mean, I have I have a few things that I, I do eBay to eBay arbitrage. There's things that I do offer up. Uh, that I've got searches saved and I'm not going to share those because, yeah, this this is for whatever reason. And you got to know your area, right? Like maybe this is something across the the country people are aware of um, or other people know to sell. But maybe there's just a lack of resellers in your area selling that niche. Right. You don't want to ruin it for yourself by like blasting to everybody like this is what I buy. Because, for instance, the thing that I was mentioning that that friend of mine that he sells, we live like three hours away. So uh, there's no way, even if he could, because he's always like, if you find stuff, like send it pictures over to me, I'll tell you if it's worth it or not. And I'm like, I don't want to bug you all the time. He's like, no, just do it. And he can do that because he's not driving down to San Diego to buy stuff, right? He's got he's got his local deals he's picking up in his area. And so I'm not his competition. So he has no problem sharing face to face with me. Now, he probably if he had a following of people in that area or was talking to people who live in that area, wouldn't be saying, yeah, this is what I sell and how I sell it, because then you're creating that competition. So you definitely do want to make sure, you know, and and again, too, maybe you found a niche that maybe it's not even geographical, but maybe it's like just nobody knows, right? Like if you're doing it long enough and, and maybe you're into something, like maybe you're into tools, you sell tools. I've, I've started getting into tools and maybe you realize like, hey, people know tools, but there's this one 
you know, year of a wrench or one brand of a, a, a you know, a driver, whatever it is that you're like, for whatever reason, nobody's picking, they don't know that this thing is worth that much. And so I can flip them day in and day out because even people who know tools don't know that this one is worth that much more, right? So you can, you can, you want to be careful. If you've got those really one of a kind things that it's like, I've found a little, like a little diamond in the rough inside of my niche. Yeah. Probably don't share that. Yeah. And and again, it's, it's, a, it's, that's why I call it tricky because again, like, you know, there are certain items I would never share. Uh, and they ended up being something that everyone shares. But for example, I have, and I hate sharing this stuff, but you know, uh, I'm not going to sure what it is, but I have a certain item that certain time of the year is available at discount. And I go and I source every single one of those items that I can find. And right now I can go into a store and like, nobody's fussing with me about it. Nobody's raising to it. I take a nice little vacation while I do it, but it, but it's simple. Right. And so again, we run businesses, right? I, Mike and I have been clear. We shared this a few podcasts ago that, you know, we don't make a lot of our revenue on the podcast or the YouTube. We make a little bit more than we did when we first started, but it's not anywhere close to what we make reselling. Right. So I'm not going to, you know, shoot myself in the foot and, and steal money from my own pockets by going, Hey, you know what? This thing goes at this price during this time of year. And there's a lot of money to be made. You just get, you just need to be careful. And so, you know, one way uh, to just to figure this out is being on social media, but we're going to talk about that when we get to our last part, when we talk about, you know, what, what are the dangers? Like what, when can you really, really destroy your business? But before we do that, I want to talk about uh, social media. You can find us on social media on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We are PureSoul Podcast. We're also on Twitter and Clubhouse as PureSoul Cast. You can give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Let us know your thoughts. I, I, honestly, with this, I would love for people just to rant. Yeah, go crazy. Keep it PG, though. Yeah, but- talk about times where somebody ruined. Because that's the thing, too, is we understand that that sharing can definitely ruin somebody's uh, somebody's niche right so maybe if you've had an experience where it's like you were doing something and somebody shared it and it totally crushed it right and sometimes it's people clout chasing too right like it's somebody with i think it's a lot of clout chasing it's it's okay buy my course yeah no so we'll we'll talk about that in a moment and so or trying to build themselves right they're like hey i've got two options here i've got 100 followers on instagram and i've got this bolo because some people care about like popularity or fame more than they care about money right so like if i share this bolo people are gonna i'm gonna get a ton of followers and you might even be crushing your own market, right? Hurting yourself, hurting other people, but you get all those followers. And so for some people, it's worth it. So we definitely get, so if that's happened to you, let us know in the comments below. Um, and, you know, maybe let us share your experience. We'd love to hear that. Um, you, you mentioned uh, Clubhouse again. Do we, are we ever on Clubhouse or should you just stop talking about Clubhouse? I, I just like throwing it out there because we might. But if we don't, but if we're not using it, it seems silly to. <laughs> if you like to follow us, it's appreciated. There you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, you can also shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And as always, uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you unable to help us out uh, with buymeacoffee.com slash purehustle, we're always grateful uh, for the reviews that we get because that definitely helps us in the algorithm. So I want to see where we're at. I always love reading these out loud because they encourage us and, and hopefully encourage you uh, to jump on over and help us out with the reviews. Yeah. And while Orlando's pulling those up. So yeah, well, you want to get in on those reviews on iTunes. Um, we're going into what now the 600 club or something, I think. We but are. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. 
we want to get to 10,000 as fast as possible on YouTube. And the reason being is once we get to 10,000, we can start doing merch on YouTube. And so if you would like to get yourself some Pure Hustle podcast merch, if you want to start getting some, we've got like shirt ideas, we've got a lot of things and we can do it without having the 10,000, but it's so much more hassle to jump through. So if you're listening on the podcast and you're like, I don't really do YouTube, go on over, help us get uh, onto YouTube. Because once we open up that, we get to the 10,000 merch is available and you can be walking around with some Pure Hustle podcast swag. So if you're interested in that, give us that, uh, give us that subscribe. Did I did I read the one that started high buddies last time? Do you yeah. Know? Did I? Yep. Okay. All right. So let's go to the newer one. So I oh man, these are yeah. Did we do like Rick Ross? We did Rick Ross. Wow, we've only had a couple of new ones. So oh man. So we need you guys over there on our on our iTunes, okay. dropping some reviews. So, but I do appreciate this. So this is from the gardening guy. Okay, that's the title. I said excellent podcast for resellers. I re- recently found this podcast and I'm glad I did. Orlando might provide excellent advice for resellers. I love their bolo portion of the podcast. They're both down to earth and their humility shines on every show. Appreciate that. Sometimes I wonder if like I come off arrogant. Just me, not Mike. Well, I mean, I just got done talking about uh, you want to wear our swag. <laughs> so, you know, that's a shameless, shameless shill right there. It's all good. It's all it good. what it is. All right. It's refreshing that there is no foul language to be heard. Appreciate that. You know, it's uh, keeping it pure. That's one of the things we've, we've really, you know, been one of our, uh, what do you call that? Like. Our it's part of our it's part of our ethos. Our as, ethos, as a, ethos as a podcast. That's right. I've learned a lot in a short time. I will be binge listening over the next few weeks. Awesome. You got 267 outside of this one. That's right. And keep, then there's keep on going. There's the mini sods too. Yeah, get on there's the a Monday lot of minis. content out there. So again, if you're on the podcast, you're missing those. I think we just recorded one that's gonna be it's like 18 minutes long. Some of them go like 20. They really are like miniature podcasts. So if you're on if you're just listening on iTunes or you know, whatever your podcasting platform of choice is. Uh, head over to to YouTube and hit that subscribe because we put out a lot of content on YouTube also. And this next one, this is a short one. And it, again, we're grateful for whatever Even we get. Even just the stars. Yeah. Uh, this is from uh, SC Online said, worth a listen. Definitely worth listening for information and entertainment. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Hey, thank you to all of you uh, that have taken the time to go to, over to iTunes and get those stars. I'm hoping we get back to 5.0. We're still at 4.9. I don't. I mean, mathematically, we you can't be at 5.0, but you can. Can you? Yes. Not mathematically, but you can. We, we could get to like 4.9999999 and like rounds up or something like that. Oh, okay. So, all right. Hey, but everybody, instead of listening to us rant about how much we would love for you guys to do reviews. A lot of you are waiting for our next segment. Oh yeah! Oh, I should uh, I should prime that up. I should prime up the yeah. uh, the our sweet little sound effect here. There's some interesting ones here, and we actually one of them is an email. So looking forward to read that one. It's a pretty sweet hustle of the week. So all right, here we can, go. Can we get that thing playing now? Nope. Uh, we're not going to get it playing because I didn't <laughs> have that uh, that track armed on a recorder. But that's okay because I can just go. It's the freaking hustle of, of the, the week. week. All right, let's get started, Mike. What do you got? All right, so our first one comes from, uh, is it Rayleigh? I think it's Rally. Rally. IG handle at the endless thrift, the dot endless dot thrift. I went to a flea market and picked up a box of miscellaneous vintage watch parts for $60. Dabbling in watches for a while, so knew he could at least make some money back. Went home and started digging through it and came across a vintage Carrera Hewer chronograph. Got help and research from a resale community on Instagram. The average cost of the watch piece was $2. Put it on auction. By the way, the watch uh, had no bands. Unpolished. Sold at auction on eBay for $2,000. Before, before, before you say that, I have new information that just came through from Rally. 
I thought I'd share that. Okay. All right. Go I know. Sorry. Okay. Because a lot of you are going to ask, he put this on auction. Would you, what would you put the price at auction if he started the auction? Well, it depends on what I, what I saw comps going for. Okay. So the comps on these restored could be like five to six K. Mm. Okay. But this one was dirty. It didn't work. It was just, you know, no bands, nothing. So I'll read what he said and then you can finish. Sorry. Unless you want to read it. No, go for it. Uh, he said, I set it at sixteen ninety nine starting bid. So that's good to know. Because yeah. at first I was like, if you put it at 99 cents, Ooh. Whew, that's risky. So beware. No reserve though. No reserve. Right. So, but hey, $16.99, $2.69.99 is good. Uh, received one bid about 30 minutes after listing. Right. So you're like, cha-ching. Like, yep. I'm good. Think, think of that feeling. Picked up 95 watches and didn't have any other bids. Uh, until the last eight seconds of the auction. Imagine the suspense. Yeah. I mean, at least you're like, hey, I've got $16.99. Right. So let's finish this off. What, what did so it sell? It finally at? sold for $2,000 and $2,076. 2K. 2K. That's just incredible. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, that, that's and that's cool too to sell watches like that because I've, I've actually run across one guy. I've, I've seen him at a lot of garage sales. Um, I don't know. Maybe he listens to the podcast. Probably not. Uh, but he, he, I heard him finally tell, explaining what he does to like one of the people that he was buying watches from. Yeah. Um, and he works with another person who's like, I think has a shop and like is really into watches and he buys watches for that guy and he gets to like keep, you know, some that he wants or whatever. Uh, but they sell the, whatever it is, the, the crystals inside of them. Really? Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's a component inside of a watch that like if it's unscratched and so he's got his little thing to like view them and if the the piece inside of it, the quartz i don't know whatever it is if it's unscratched and it's like a good from a good brand and all of that they can sell just that piece or pieces from watches and so like he's looking through watches and he's like yes 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 no i'll take this so he knows what he wants based off of not even is this a good watch but does this watch have a piece that's worth a bunch of money in it right so i mean there's definitely niches out there going back to sharing right now and again he was telling this person that he's buying stuff from they were asking about it because he's asking do you have more watches can you bring and he didn't have a problem sharing it and even knowing that there's another reseller with a camera on his backpack walking around next to him he was talking about this stuff because again who's gonna learn all that i'm still not gonna go look for crystals exactly so. yeah and so again not a problem with sharing um unless you know again it's an unknown untapped market all right thanks so much rally the the dot thrift yeah, it's a what was it again? Let's repeat that just in case it's a bolo. It's a Carrera Hewer chronograph. Just crazy with those watches. I I used to buy in hopes of that, but then after a while, I just get buying junk. So the fact that you found something awesome, that's a hustle a week. All right, this is an email. I'm gonna read this email here. Uh, this is from uh, Instagram tag Ashland underscore Flipper. Okay, uh, name is Locke. Said. So I just had my biggest individual item sale of all time. I was in the store, which shall not be named, and I had looked through the found one and I had looked throughout and found one vintage t-shirt for their own personal collection with nothing to list. I was just about to leave when I saw that they had brought a new clothing rack out. I didn't think much of it, but I started going through and found the vintage t-shirts, which one of them was a 1990 CBS Fox promo t-shirt with Die Hard 2. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I love Die Hard. Single stitch made in the USA. I knew it had value from other resellers I had seen. And having sold t-shirts in the past, but nothing above $50. I researched all over. There was none on eBay. And so I knew it would list it high and see what happened. 
I listened, I listed it for $900 and within two hours had 11 watchers and accepted a best offer of $700 said, absolutely love all the knowledge you both are sharing on the podcast. It is a highlight of my week. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it really helps to focus on organizing and listing rather than sourcing all the time. God bless. Wow. Die hard two shirt. That is, I see. That's the thing is I almost never look at clothes. And if I do, I do try and look for like old vintage shirts. But I don't know enough about that market. I think I've I think I've seen enough people have hustles of the weeks of of vintage uh, shirts. I might I might just have to bite the bullet and learn. I, I think it just it just takes time. For example, like if you watched our podcast, and I'm not gloating or anything, but over time I've really learned more about the vintage market. Right, like I can spot shirts pretty well all the time. You know, I was always good at starter jackets, but like even Hot Wheels now, like. Mm-hmm. I know so much more than I did because of that haul. So it's one of those. Remember I shared where back in the day I went to the Salvation Army and I remember looking through everything. I'm like, no one can ever make money thrifting. Mm. I just didn't know. Yeah. Right. And I think it's the same thing. Yeah. The, the teacher thing, though, I will say uh, the, the fact that uh, you found this lock. Uh, this is you obviously knew what you're doing when you saw this shirt because Mike, when's the last time we found a shirt? I mean, I've, I've found a few, but I would say, how often do you come across a shirt that's worth at least a hundred dollars? Yeah, not very often, and, uh, and especially not here. I don't time. look very often, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it takes it takes time. It takes a lot of research. All right, so we got. Thank right. you so much, uh, Luck, for the hustle of the week. Instagram handle is Ashland underscore Flipper. Nice. All right, our next one is Paul. Instagram handle at Excelled underscore Flipper. Uh, flips. Flips. Oh yeah. At, <laughs> At excelled underscore flips picked up uh, of the side. side. (laughs) That's my table off the side of the road. Picked up of the side of the road. (laughs) A few blow mold Christmas pieces. Oh, blow mold. I don't even know what that is. They're like Uh, those big plastic kind of like things that you put a light in during Christmas, like decorations. Huh? Like, you know how people say Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So listed three wise men, uh, one on Facebook marketplace sold for 75 with free Facebook shipping and still have two others listed at 150 piece. That makes me kind of sad to think about because um, I mean, I'm glad you got those for free. But my brother-in-law just moved a few months ago and he basically cleared out his garage. And so uh, they oh, they no. had a bunch of those that we literally just threw all that because there was so much stuff. And so we threw those in the trash. But yeah, it was, it was those things. There was a nativity set and it was like big plastic. But I didn't realize those were bolos. They are. Now, the funny thing is, Vice, I hate you for saying this. We actually had a hustle a week of those like six months ago. What? Yeah. Somebody else picked up a bunch off the side of the road. I forgot what her name is, but yeah, same thing. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. So I got a little sick feeling in my stomach right now. <laughs> I've always seen So Paul at Excel underscore flips on Instagram. Great work. Cause I always look for them now. Like I'll, I'll be the weird guy. Cause this is we're sharing now. So all you thousands that listen, you know, now. But I go to garage sales here in San Diego. Now we're going to have all the San Diego people looking and no one looks at these. No one. Now, have I found the one that's worth money? You got to be careful because just because it's a huge blow mold and you're like, oh, this is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to pay 50 bucks. Because sometimes they want to sell it for more. But I've never I've never come across one personally at a garage sale that's worth money. OK, so I'm just going to assume the ones that I threw away. Yes, were let's just go down that road. They just probably so were. You sleep better. But yeah. yeah, definitely keep an eye for those. Nice. All right. What is uh, your uh, hustle of the week? So mine's definitely a lot smaller. I bought this a while ago. It was a I I paid one dollar for a bicycle seat and the bicycle seat was in 
I don't even know why he did this. So I scanned, it was in a, the box, right? Like it's, they, they weren't, they're not really in a box, but they have like a box backing that right. like you slide the, the metal rails that are on the bottom of the seat into. So it kind of holds it in place. And so I scanned that because it looked like it was maybe new or slightly used. And I'm like, holy cow, these things sell for like, you know, two, 300 bucks for just the seat. And I picked it up for, I think a dollar or $2. And then I get home and I look at like the brand on the back and then I, I'm looking more at the picture of or the uh, the actual seat itself. And I'm like, this is not the model. Mm. So what he did is he took off his bike seat and replaced it with a nicer bike seat and put the old bike seat on the packaging of the new bike seat. Okay. Right. So it's kind of a weird thing. But I'm like, oh, I could still list this. I mean, they sell for this model, the one that I ended up actually getting, not the one I thought I was getting. Sell for like 50, 60 bucks, something like that. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Right. Still paid a dollar for it. Anyways, it had been sitting for, I mean, I listed it, but it, it, it had been sitting in my store listed for probably a good eight, nine months. I'm like, well, oh, well, lost a dollar or two. It's one of those things you sometimes see when you dig through a tote and it's like, oh, that thing's still here. <laughs> and then finally it sold full price. Not even, it was like $50 plus shipping that it sold for. And it was funny because my son was up helping my wife pack and he's like, mom, what is this? She's like, it's a bicycle seat. And my son goes, why? do they sell bikes without bicycle seats? Why would somebody have a bike without a bicycle seat? And you know, trying to explain to my son, you know, the, the that whole process, uh, but it was just kind of a funny story that went along with it. But yeah, I mean, it's a hustle of the week because it's one of those things. It, it was, I thought it was going to be a bigger hustle. thought I was going to mm. be able to make a couple hundred yeah. and I ended up, you know, only making 50, but still salvaged it. Right. Cause it was used too. the one that I took it off, it had scratches on the bottom. You can tell it had been on his bike for a while. And I'm like, this is trash. But it's still sold. So hustle of the week because sometimes, sometimes even when you think you get a little bit let down, don't always trash something. You can still make money on it. Hey, you kept it real though, right? That's right. Right. I mean, I, dude, that happens so many times where I'm like, oh, I'm going to make so much money and then you get back. You're like, okay, well, uh, maybe I'll make 50 bucks. Yeah. Don't count your chickens before they have. But it's right? still profit though. I yeah. mean, how much do you pay for it again? Like a dollar or two. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good deal. That's sure. crazy. All right. So. Have I have I brought up any of my uh, Hot Wheel sales for any hustle of the week? I, not as a hustle. The, um, maybe I don't know. Okay, so I, I'm trying to make sure I don't flood it, but that's pretty much all I'm dealing with these days is Hot Wheel stuff, and I haven't even got into my Disney stuff yet. So if you haven't caught that YouTube, if if Mike or I remember to put it up here, you can catch that YouTube video. But I had this huge Disney uh, haul and Hot Wheel haul, and I'm loving it. The reason I'm loving it is multiple reasons. It's the middle of Q4. And so I have not sourced in about a month and I haven't had to source. I can still list like 15 to 20 items a day if I on a good day and I still have inventory. Like I have not run out of inventory on top of that. It's been valuable inventory and it's been like a treasure hunt every single every single time I open something up. I'm like, I wonder what this is. What? This is worth that much. It's, it's always been shocking. So I've averaged, you know, the cost of everything I pretty much picked up on that haul to about five bucks. I think it's actually less. I think it's like two to three bucks because it's a lot per car, per car, per T-shirt, per everything. Like if you include the totality of everything, I think, you know, I paid thirteen hundred. I probably have over thirteen hundred items. Right. Or now, when close. you were looking at like all these Hot Wheels, because you didn't know anything about Hot Wheels at the time. Did you were you pulling a couple of them out and scanning them to see what they were selling for on eBay? Initially, when I was going to make the purchase. Uh-huh. Not really. So uh, you were just hoping that these Hot Wheels would I sell? I wasn't hoping. Because no, no, like, no. I feel like sometimes with Hot Wheels, like I see them, 
you know, and, and how do you know you're just not getting a dollar? I mean, so now, on the, now you know more, right? But like, yeah. not on the Hot Wheels stuff. So on the Hot Wheels stuff, I didn't know, but on the Disney stuff, I knew. Okay. So you right. were taking the gamble on the Hot Wheel, hoping, but you knew the Correct. Disney so if pay. you watch the video, I actually do say, you know, I'm taking a lot of risk by buying this. I know my Disney, but I don't know Hot Wheels, which is true. So I knew like some of the t-shirts I had were worth a couple hundred. So let's say, you know, I bought 40 t-shirts. I knew that at least four or five of them, I'd be able to get like 800 or so back. Right. And then I had some other Disney stuff and I knew I'd be able within the Disney stuff, I'd clear it and I'd make profit. Right. I didn't know about the Hot Wheels, but I did look at the cars and, you know, there's, I don't know, several hundred cars. And I thought, all right, worst case scenario, I sell each of these for five to ten dollars a piece. And I'm still good to go. So I did that quick math. But I didn't know what I had. Mm. Right. And and I and if you watch that video, I do mention that over and over again. And actually, the stuff I don't even show any of the stuff I talk about in this hustle of the week uh, in that video because I didn't even know it was there. Mm. And so. I, I came across these car, these uh, Hot Wheels packages and they were they were old. And if you want to check this out, I actually have them posted on Instagram when they sold. Uh, but, you know, there's this one one racer, uh, Don the Snake uh, Prodome, P-R-U-D-H-O-M-M-E. And I find that all his stuff, like he's been racing for a while, uh, is worth money. Hmm. Right. Especially the vintage stuff is worth money. And so. I found this these really old packaged Hot Wheels. Now I I have been learning, right, that if you sell vintage Hot Wheel cars, in case I did an Instagram story on this, you have to actually like when you ship it, there's protective case covers that you have to purchase. They're like a dollar a piece. They're not cheap, but they definitely prevent you know anything from getting wrecked. And you actually want to put a little bit of like bubble wrap or something like peanuts in the inside, so if the car is like jostling around, it doesn't break the blister pack. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's there's a whole. It's good of Hot Wheels. So anyway, so I I came across it was a as a Hot Wheels flying colors uh, line, and the easiest way to know what these Hot Wheels are, there's all of them have a number. So as, as long as you you can spot the number, which the number wasn't too hard to find. If you guys want to look this up, I'm gonna, I'll share with you guys. Actually, this one, no, this one didn't even have a number. They all had numbers, but this one did not have a number. So I looked at some comps and I saw that the car loose. It was a Hot Wheels flying colors. It was an army funny car, uh, number 20, number 29 uh, from a, a group that was made in 1977. And it wasn't a red line. And I looked and I saw the loose car itself was going for like 40, 50 bucks. But I didn't see new in package. And so, you know, what I do is I shoot for the moon. Yeah, I didn't even get to the moon. I think I like maybe like the third rocket came off the space shuttle once it released orbit. Like that's how far from the moon I think I was on this item. Because I listed it and I paid five bucks. I listed it for $249.99. I'm like, this is going to sit for a while right by here. <laughs> Literally within three hours, cha-ching sold to somebody in Puerto Rico. And by the way, have I said this in, in the podcast? You need to be shipping to Puerto Rico. There's a lot of rich people moving to Puerto Rico because they don't have to pay taxes. And I think if if you don't ship to Puerto Rico, you're leaving money, a lot of money on the table. A lot of wealthy people are out there. So yeah, this person's $249.99. So somebody messaged me on Instagram and said, Hey, by the way, you know, those kind of cars, if you you're the only one, like if you had gone to the Hot Wheels convention in LA, you you could make thousands on some of these. Wow. So on this one, I think I probably could have sold it for five to seven hundred. Wow. 
but it is what it is, right? I mean, you you still made a lot of money. I still made a lot of money, but I could have made more money. But that is that is my hustle of the week. So keep an eye out. Hot Wheels, Flying Colors, 1970s packaging. Uh, Don, I uh, hope I'm saying his name, Fred Holm. Uh, definitely worth uh, looking into. I got to tell you, I've learned so much from Hot Wheels. Uh, I couldn't have paid for this education. Like, how else do you? I want? mean, you did. You did pay for it. I did pay for. It. I mean, I and had, now you're making money on it. I'm already in the profit. Yep. That's what's crazy. I already made my 1300 back within like two to three weeks. And so, yeah, that is my my hustle of the week. So, thank you everyone who shared. Hey, I always love the phone call hustle of the week. So, if you ever want to call in one, really appreciate that. All right, before we move forward, there's one more thing we got to talk about. It's our skull shavers. Yeah, and actually, my head is uh, going on like two days now. I'm two days too. It's it's awful. It's terrible. I went. I I. So what I've been doing is I take my skull shaver with me in my car and I shave like either on the way to the gym or after I leave the gym in the morning. Well, I went to the funeral over the weekend, so I took it in the car to shave on the way, and I left it in my wife's car. And so I'm driving to the gym, and I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna look terrible at school today. I didn't even have my razor to shave my face because I shave my face after I work out. And uh, I tell you what, it really makes me appreciate having the skull shaver because can it's I ask so you what do you shave on your face? Well, you know, you got it. It comes up like if you don't, if you're not watching us on YouTube, you watch us on YouTube. You'll know why I asked the question. Yeah, I got you know, I got to keep the neck cleaned up. Yeah, neck then, beards aren't good. Yeah, I got to keep the neck cleaned up. And then uh, I'm like a werewolf man. If I let it go, my my facial hair would go all the way up to my eye socket. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And then my eyebrows go all the way up to my forehead. Like I literally could just do full face hair if I wanted to. So you you gotta tame that. You still deal bit. with the unibrow? That's oh yeah, issue? yeah. I gotta I gotta tweeze that thing on. No, the, I got a son of mine that like I still gotta I gotta take care of that. And it's like Yeah, well, he can take care of that. Well he can take you what I mean is I gotta remind you know when you're a kid, oh, you yeah, don't yeah. think about those things, right? So until you get that girlfriend, then you're yeah, like, yeah. oh I gotta look changes everything. It, right. So okay, so the school shaver helps Mike. Not look like an animal. Is that where we're going That's here? That's what I'm saying. So yeah, <laughs> pick up a skull shaver. It's great stuff. We don't mind sharing this uh, this item because it's so great. Uh, so check it out. Uh, use promo code PURE, P-U-R-E, and you'll get a great discount. And it lets them know that we sent you over there. I mean, you to be honest, you could probably find that same discount another place. You could probably just go onto their website and they might be offering coupons and stuff. But if you use promo code PURE, the nice thing is, is it tells them that, that we... That, you heard about them through us or you you're buying them and you also support us. So it helps us out a little bit in the process. So if you're in the market for one, Christmas is coming up. Uh, you, I mean, I haven't met somebody who like uses it on the regular or like has tried one that doesn't like it except for one guy. And he's like, he's just set in his ways, how he shaves his head. And I think that was it more than anything. Anybody else that I've talked to that's use it, they love it. So, uh, check it out. Uh, skull shaver promo code pure. All right. All right, let's get to how sharing will destroy your business. That's done. Leave. The, the business right. is over. It's burned so, to the ground. I will say first, if you have a mass following, it can destroy your business. And I kind of shared that. And we don't even have a mass following. But I can tell you right now, I I I hijacked my uh, my own like business. Yeah, on a couple of items. Well, and here's the thing. Not only items, like places that we source. Oh, yeah. But but let's okay. So there's so if you get a big enough following, that's potential. But if you have an even larger following, going back to like what what reselling influencers aren't telling you that that episode, which is one of our most like viewed and listened to podcasts, um, the reality is you have to understand that for some resellers, if they've got a big enough following on YouTube, that YouTube is their business, not reselling. That they make more money on YouTube than they do reselling. So for them, sharing the bolo 
doesn't hurt them because they're probably not going to be going out and buying these things and selling them anymore anyways. They're going to make more money than they would by crashing the market for everybody else, right? So yeah, so you've got to understand that about the big reselling influencers, what's in it for them to share? Well, followers and more money. And if you're in like that mid-tier range, you know, you're you're starting to make something of yourself on on Instagram. People are starting to notice who you are. And again, especially if it's local, because a lot of times you're making connections with people locally. Yeah, you can definitely you can definitely ruin a, a hot spot. You know, I remember when I first started on Instagram, there's some people when we first started on Instagram that were bigger than us in San Diego. And people would be sharing like, just left my favorite thrift store. And I'm like looking it up and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's that one down in La Jolla. And that's, Right. So then I know like, hey, maybe that's a thrift store I should go check out. So you definitely have to be careful. No, I agree. I mean, Mike and I have been, have made an agreement. There's a couple of spots we won't share. Now, you know, every once in a while, you know, again, it's all about networking, right? Because if I get a random person that DMs us that I've never talked to before and they're just like, hey, what's the best place to go to? Like, I, I don't know who you are. Like, why yeah. would I why would I share that now? If we develop a relationship and you've been DMing us and, and you know, you've helped us out and we helped you out, then, then you know, you establish. This. You've left an iTunes review. <laughs> you, you comment on our YouTube. You've liked and subscribed. You hit the like button. Uh, you got the bell notifications on. You support us on Buy Me a Coffee. You bought a, the, the a, only a reason skull I shaver. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you did all, you go, you go through American Bubble Boy using our link, you know, maybe we share at that point. But no, no, the only reason I say that is it's, you know, we share a lot. Right. It, it's funny because, you know, I've gotten a lot of hate and Mike hasn't, but that's because Mike doesn't do Amazon. Right. I think if Amazon was like harsh, like I was about sharing and I'll share that in a moment is that, you know, people all the time are like, Orlando doesn't want to share this and want to share that. And, and the reason being is I feel like we share a lot. Right. And, and what we don't share is because I'm not trying to sell you a course. I'm not trying to mentor you. I'm not trying to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm not trying to do any of that. And a lot of the people that are willing to share their favorite spots are willing to share the favorite things that they sell all the time, even the secret ones, is because to them, they get more revenue off of that. Now, maybe the day might come where Mike and I make more revenue off the podcast. Maybe we'll have to think about that. I don't see that day coming anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, you just never know. Now, this is why I personally will not ever share a retail bolo ever unless I'm selling you a course ever, which I don't plan on ever. And it's because it's easy access. Yeah. I mean, if I say, Hey, doc Martin, vintage doc Martin boots do well, I don't really have to worry about it unless people already are going to garage sales and thrift stores and trying to buy shoes. They, they probably already know that or they're going to figure it out on their own eventually by scanning enough shoes and, and looking at enough shoes. I don't have to worry about it as much. Now, if I'm saying, Hey, Lego item number one, two, three, seven, that's at uh at target is a huge bolo and they've got a whole bunch in stock and look at what they're going for on Amazon. Anybody can walk in oh into target goodness. and buy it. They don't even need to go. They just go online yeah, and, they, and they just buy it. So that's a huge difference from, Hey, I share a bolo. I remember when you first shared with me, like, I remember specifically Doc Mark Martin and then um what's the what's the um, Rain Spooner Rain Spooner Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. So I remember the very first time I found a Rain Spooner, I had already been reselling for like seven months and I'd looked through a bunch of racks. I never found any Rain Spooners. Mm -hmm. And I finally found one. It's like, yeah, and same thing with the Doc Martin Martins. I felt like finally I found a pair of Doc Martins at a garage sale. And I'd probably been to hundreds of garage sales. Mm -hmm. So 
it, that's a huge difference. Easy access versus you really got to go out and hunt. Yeah, agreed. And, and the other thing is, so I'm used to, if you guys had followed us on Instagram, the, you know, the early days, four years ago, I took everybody along on my retail arbitrage like journey. Like I would go to a Target or a Ross and I would blur everything out and I would show the Keepa charts. And guess what? Even when I did that, people found out what I picked up. They they saw the pro- how much I paid for it. They saw how much it was selling. They spent hours. I don't know how they figured it out, but people figured it out. And so I would get DMs like, hey, Orlando, we know this, this, this item, this item, it's this item. Right. So if you're selling on Amazon, right, think about this, right? Right now, I there's an item right now that I'm selling that there's less than 10 people on this item and it's great profit, right? I'm just giving an example. I, I wish I could find something like that. But let's say I did, right? If I go to an off-price store, I may blur the heck out of everything. I may, you know... I mean, even just showing the rank or the price on Amazon, people can do reverse lookups and figure it out. Correct. Or if I go if I go to, like, let's say, uh, a Ross, right? Pretty much Rosses carry all the same inventory, right? right. There might be some differences here. But it's not going to take long for somebody to scan, I don't know, 500 toy items, right? If it's worth it to them, they can spend an entire day, scan every single item, and eventually they go like, huh, this is probably what he's talking about. They go back, they go to the Discord, they share on Discord. Next thing I know, there's 50 people on that listing on Amazon. Competition becomes a race to the bottom. Everybody's trying to undercut everybody. And before you know it, that bolo is dead. Right. So you, you want to be careful with sharing those kind of uh, easy access items, because if all it takes, especially with the online now, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Now, let's talk about hot items. OK, this is this is kind of the same thing. Right. But I, I take this to a different level, because right now there are items that you can't even access online. You don't even know how much inventory stores have. Like it used to be before you could go to BrickSeek or you could go to this other app. It was called Zoolert. Uh, there were some other things where you could like enter information and it would tell you when stores restock. Stores, you know, aren't friendly to resellers, some of them. And so they've eliminated that. But now, for example, there are some stores that you can go online. And but here's the thing. If it's a hot item, right, chances are there's a scarcity component. So that means that hot that hot item, there's maybe only a handful of that item at each store. So if you share that, right, not only do you run the danger of a bunch of people running on the listing, you also run the danger of never being able to access that that that, that item. Because if there's only a handful per store and 10 people in your region, let's say, Southern California. All I need, I, I honestly believe, all I need is 10 people to know about one thing I'm picking up and that bowl is going to be dead in no time. Right? And, and so luckily last year, um, I had, I've shared this on the podcast, I answered, I had a thing that was major money and and I got scared when somebody DMing goes, I see you loading up that van. Why, why are you in my territory? Right? But luckily I didn't share it because honestly, it only ended up being about, I think, 16 to 20 people on that listing. And we made a killing. But when if it got to 50, it would have been really bad. And you have to understand, again, I say this, people that are sharing these Amazon bolos, for the most part, they're looking to monetize that, right? Sell you a listing, sell you an ungating, sell you a course, whatever it is. That's not where they're making their money. Do you remember the Monopoly for Millennials? Oh, yeah. 
right? If you don't remember this, was it two years now? Right? Maybe more. Might have been three. There, there was a YouTuber two years ago that had posted uh, this Monopoly for Millennials. And I'll never forget. I was driving through LA and uh, Thrifty Nomads or Found Nomads now on Instagram. I remember Will came to my car. He's like, hey, man, is that, is that a bolo? And literally my car had like, I think I had a hundred of them. Like I didn't have enough room in the back. Mm-hmm. It was in my seat. It was, it was in my Honda Pilot. I was killing it. I was, I think I was selling them for like 80 a piece, paying 20. So I was making like 40 bucks net profit, say, on each one. I sell a hundred in a day. It's a lot of money. Yeah. What is that? 4K, right? Mm-hmm. Net profit. YouTube video dropped within a week. Price tanked to like, I think they were selling for like 30 a piece. And maybe if you got on in time, you made $5 a piece on them. You got to be careful. Gotta be careful with sharing. So again, hey, in this episode, hey, sharing is a great thing. It's definitely beneficial. It can get tricky and also can destroy your business. So hopefully we all take this to heart and we have a great Q4 where we share what we can, we share what we don't, and we keep the profits the most. Make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Lates. Peace.